Federation Podcast. I'm your host, Mikey. I'm Matt. Rom, rom. I'm sorry, I'm eating a peanut butter cup right now. Can My you bad. do that again, please? Yeah. <laughs> and hi, I'm Ron. Today's episode is part two of our X-Men series, where we're going to be talking about the Matthew Vaughn films, or the oh. McAvoy the McAvoy films. Yeah, I, I would not call them. I would not call them the Matthew Vaughn films. The the McAvoy movies. I was really excited because I thought we were going to talk about my X Men movies. It's the MacFast world. MacFast lore. Yeah, Mac McAvoy, Fastbender, Lawrence. So, first up is X Men First Class. It debuted in the United States on June 3rd, 2011. It was directed by Matthew Vaughn, produced by Lauren Schuller Donner, Brian Singer, Simon Kinberg, and Gregory Goodman. Screenplay by Ashley Edward Miller, Zach Stentz, Jane Goldman, Matthew Vaughn. Story by Sheldon Turner, Brian Singer, based on the X-Men comic by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. And starring... James McAvoy as a young Charles Xavier. Michael Fassbender as Eric Lencher, who would become Magneto. Rose Byrne as Moira McTaggart. Jennifer Lawrence as Raven Darkholm, Mystique. January Jones as Emma Frost. Nicholas Holt as Hank McCoy. Kevin Bacon as Sebastian Shaw. Uh-huh. And I think that rounds out the more important people. Yeah. There's a lot of people in this movie. It had a budget of 140 to $160 million, and it had a box office gross of $353.6 million, which by today's standards would be a disappointment. And I blame X-Men The Last Stand for that reason. And the movie that... Uh, you know, came after that as well. That preceded this movie. The plot of this film starts off similar to the first X-Men movie from the year 2000, uh, where it's a World War II uh, Nazi death camp. You see Eric Lencher rediscover that he has powers, although this time in this movie, the Kevin Bacon character proceeds to take him and and do experiments on him. Uh, Following the war... He becomes a Nazi hunter, tracking down um, old Nazis and Nazi guards for and to vengeance and to kill them. Which eventually he stumbles on the, stumbles upon the Hellfire Club, and he discovers that Sebastian Shaw is indeed alive, and he was the person that was experimenting on him. Uh, Sebastian Shaw has his uh, group of mutants with him: Emma Frost, Azazel, and Riptide, and. A young Eric Lencher befriends a young Charles Xavier. They go on together to form Xavier's School for Gifted Youngers, and they they start and form the X-Men. Similarly to the original comic X-Men, although the characters are 
much different because there's no Cyclops, no Jean Grey. Uh, in this, you have um, you have Beast, you have Professor X, obviously, you have Mystique, uh, you have who else do you have? There's a Angel Salvador who was the like the pixie. Then there was uh, Scott Summers' brother. Havoc. Havoc. Thank you. Um, and then there's a couple other... Oh, the Banshee was another one. Oh, yeah. Um, so you have, a, you have a couple characters. Um, it's a very interesting group, I would say. And the climax of this movie actually involves a Cuban Missile Crisis. So... You have Sebastian Shaw's team versus the X-Men. And after the X-Men save the day, Professor X, he gets hit with a stray bullet, becomes paralyzed. So you see where he becomes in the, gets in the wheelchair. And then Magneto goes off on his own, pretty much starting the Brotherhood. And it ends there setting up for a future of the franchise where you have uh, Professor X and Beast trying to form the X-Men and then Magneto kind of sort of with Mystique doing the Brotherhood. Uh, Magneto acquires his uh, iconic helmet in this and reintroduces himself at the end of the movie as Magneto. Um, thoughts on this movie? We'll go with Ron. Ron, you usually don't start. Oh, oh, oh my God. Uh, really? Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I thought this movie was freaking great. Um, I can remember being in the theater and just being surprised at like, how good this movie was. Also, it reignited my love for the song Palisades Park by Freddie Boom Boom Cannon because it was uh, featured in this movie. Yeah, this movie... <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie is like terrific surprisingly terrific because i feel like one of the reasons that it wasn't a box office smash despite how good it was is because i i don't think people were like so accepting of that time that oh like patrick stewart isn't going to be professor x anymore and ian mckellen isn't going to be magneto but they just kind of knocked it out of the park with this one and like the um the setting of like the 1960s was just perfect and, like, the montages were good, and people, like, learning to use their powers was really good. They just they just did a really good job of, I'd say, like, pretty much everything in, in this movie. Um, I, I, I'm trying to, like, think of, like, a, a major flaw of this movie. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's just a, just a really strong movie. Uh, Matt, what do you think? Oh uh, yeah, I was very surprised on how well the movie was made, especially like so like I saw this movie after did, X-Men Origins was bef- the Wolverine movie was before this, right? Uh or X-Men Origins Wolverine, yeah, it was 2 years before this. Yeah, this is prob that's probably why that didn't really make that money in theaters, but I mean yeah. like compared to that, this is like this is like Casablanca, you know. <laughs> I mean, the movie's Fox great. Fox is Casablanca. Yeah, I mean, 
basically everything that Ron said. It's such it's an incredibly well made movie. It's a great period piece, like bringing in real life history into it, and like showing how close we were to actually like you know ending the world. Like was a really cool <laughs> way, a really good spin on sort of things. Um, again, casting's great. Michael Fassbender as Magneto, incredible. Uh, James McAvoy as as Xavier was, I, I I'd say it was okay. Um, I actually really liked him in that role personally. I preferred Fassbender, but um, yeah, not taking anything away because yeah. Fassbender's like interpretation of Magneto through all the movies, spoilers, I think is terrific. But. Yeah. I definitely prefer Fassbender and Jennifer Lawrence than, like, than McAvoy. That being said, I still really enjoy James McAvoy as um, Xavier. It kind of started my, like, man crush of James McAvoy. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, surprisingly solid movie. It's, that's basically what I could say about it. Uh, Mike? I think this is the best one. Uh... Of this trilogy or of the X-Men movies, period? Of the McAvoy foursome. Oh, we're going to talk about it. Uh, no, it's not. It's the second best one. <laughs> yeah, it's the second best one. It's very, very close. Yeah, between this and Dark yeah, Phoenix, yeah, yeah, yeah. who can choose? Or Apocalypse. It's very close. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, they really, really captured a they took a risk they took a big risk to do a period piece uh, capture a different time in form of the X-Men they told an origin story beautifully the casting was great I think the original X-Men had better casting for more most of the characters Um, however it was still an excellent job the the whole plot was there you didn't have that strong villain however i think kevin bacon was great yeah no he was great i'm saying sebastian shaw as the character okay Uh, but you did have the hellfire club and the nazis were the villain too so uh it was better than x-men 2's villains who's a bigger villain than the nazis honestly (laughs) They, I think they've been the villain the most times of any movie. Ever. I believe it. I mean, um, to be fair, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. But when you you're running a, out of ideas, you make a, plot, a great point, Rob. Throw Nazis in there. The um, does your movie the, need a villain? How about the Nazis? <laughs> the it wrapped up very nicely and it's set up for the next movie quite well at the end um it showed how professor x got in a wheelchair showed how the xavier school was founded uh it showed the relationship and the friendship of magneto and professor x that, that was always talked about but never shown so you saw how everything came to be uh i give the grade of this movie an a okay should i go <laughs> yeah Okay, uh, I'd say A minus. Um, I'm good. I'm just gonna say really quick. Um, a lot of times for prequels, and this is like any prequel, not 
for just comic book movies, but prequel in any form, it's really hard to set up a character as we originally know them in like a satisfying way in terms of like personality or like something that we know them for. Like Professor X, obviously, like, you know, he's in a wheelchair and they just kind of did it in a very satisfying way of like, you know, uh, this man who's wheelchair bound, but like is this incredible power and why Magneto has his helmet. They just did that in such a satisfying and like you can say the classic term of, you know, subverting your expectations. But that's what they kind of did, and I think that they did it pretty well in this movie. So, yeah, A-. minus. Um, yeah, I'm not going to give it perfection, uh, but I will give it an A- minus as well. I was referencing the meme, and I guess it didn't work. Uh, but, yeah, I'll do A-. minus. Um, yeah, it's, I, I'm, it's a good movie. It's all I'm going to say. Go watch it. <laughs> that's it. Go watch it. And if you watch it, um, looking at January Jones is great. Hearing January Jones is an entirely different story. <laughs> also, Magneto you. killing uh, Sebastian Shaw with the penny. Fucking cool. Uh, Fucking great, cool. Great scene. Great yeah, scene. X-Men do wonderful ways of murdering people. <laughs> Specifically Magneto. Because he had... He had the blood bending the last episode. I forgot to mention the scene where they have all of the the soldiers waiting for him, and he pulls the pins on all the grenades. <laughs> like, what a bro! He's such a bro. Like, I don't know if I would call a mass murderer a bro. No, he's. I mean, <laughs> Magneto's a Chad. He's definitely a Chad. Are you ready for the next one? Let's do it. Oh yeah. All right, on May 23rd, 2014, we got X-Men Days of Future's Past. Days of Future Past. Directed by Brian Singer. Produced by Brian Singer, Lauren Schiller Donner, Simon Kinberg, and Hutch Parker. Screenplay by Simon Kinberg. Based on the comic book by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Also, Chris Claremont and John Byrne, who wrote Days of Future's Past. If you like John Byrne's work, please check out the original Alpha Flight. This movie starred the similar cast from the first one. However, it introduced many characters and actors from the original X-Men trilogy that Matt talked about last episode. Yeah. Uh, most prominently, Hugh Jackman reprising his role as Wolverine. Oh, damn. You had James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Jennifer Lawrence, who I did not mention in the first one was mystique how dare you no i did my bad yeah i, yeah. I was gonna say uh... um halle berry of storm anna paquin as rogue ellen page as kitty pride uh peter dinklage as... peter dinklage from game of thrones fame da, 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 da. not pixels fame <laughs> he was in Pixels. Pixels. Uh, he played uh, Bolivar Trask. Uh, Sean Ashmore, that's the name we're looking for, is Bobby Drake Iceman. Uh, you got Omar Sy as Bishop. Finally, we got Bishop. Uh, Evan wow. Peters as Peter Maximoff, Quicksilver. Josh Hellman as William Stryker. Daniel Cudmore as Peter Rasputin, Colossus. And a also a cast of others. 
Kelsey Grammer. Just... Sorry. I believe he was dead by the time this happened. Yeah, but I mean, he was in the he was in like the, the last couple the last scene. Oh yeah, he was. Um, this movie t- uh, starts off in a dystopian 2023, where we first see the Sentinels for the second time. Yes, the first truly, time was in Last Stand. Truly, though, for the first time, um, as a prominent prominent character, the prominent villain, uh, they've been programmed to hunt and destroy the mutants. They've successfully done so, and they've trapped the mutants, uh, the last remaining survivors in a mountain, and they use their powers, so they use Kitty's powers combined with Bishop. Um, yep. Right? Is that right? Yep. I yeah. Thought, I thought it was Professor so X. Right. There's like a, Bishop, like a whole... Bishop's the first one in. Well, like a whole like hodgepodge thing happens here where they send Wolverine, because I guess Wolverine can like handle it back in time. And plus he wasn't there. I mean, he was there. He was alive, but he wasn't like involved. So send him back in time to warn the James McAvoy Professor X of what not to do to prevent this dystopian 2023 from happening. You see how the Sentinels were made and how Bolivar Trask, Peter Dinklage, uh, really uses them as mutant hunters to give the United States and the Nixon administration a sense of security and a sense of... um, hope that there won't be any issues in the event of mutants attacking or uprising similar to how they did in the Cuban Missile Crisis. Um, at the end of the movie, obviously the good guys win and the there's a, there's a big showdown in DC. Magneto lifts up a stadium and brings it over and it's a fantastic scene. It is the best X-Men movie between this trilogy, uh, this four movies, and Matt's three movies. I think this is the best one, personally. Uh, the story is excellent. They do they portray time travel wonderfully. The bringing it closes the gap. Like this is how it should have ended with Last Stand. It closes that chapter and that story, and it makes it one big giant continuity, which is awesome. I, it's more than a reboot now, way more than a reboot, and we get a nice post-credit scene setting up Apocalypse. And I'm just before I give it. What do you guys think before I give a green? Do you want me to go first again? Sure. Um, I think this is probably the best, the best, either the best or the second best X-Men movie. And it's just, it's just fantastic. Like, just like you said, Mike, like bringing the two generations of X-Men stars together. Um, you know, it's just, it's just wonderful. The story is really great. Um, you know, I, I like the callback. Where like in the first um, in first class, Wolverine like says "f you" 
to um, Magneto and Professor X when they're trying to recruit him. And then Professor X is like, hey, remember when you told me F you? Well, F you now. <laughs> so Me? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, so um, a very satisfying, uh, you know, movie. It was, um, you know, a lot of good action. The plot was pretty good. The Sentinels in the future are legitimately terrifying. Um, yeah, and it was also nice to see at the end of the movie that we got back to the to the original plot of Scott Summers saying, Wolverine, please don't F my girlfriend. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, Matt, what'd you think? Uh, so, I absolutely hate time travel movies or anything regarding time travel. And this is one of the very few exceptions. I think time travel is a very lazy thing because you could just be like, oh, it's complicated because time travel. And everybody just goes, okay. And I was like, that sounds lazy. But, like, this movie is just so good. It's one of the best comic book movies, let alone X-Men movies. Um, I thought after that they shouldn't have made another X-Men movie after this because I was kind of like, okay, that wraps it up. This is, this is the peak, you know? Um, especially because this is one of like their bigger stories, right? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not wrong saying that, right? No, like both in the comics. And I would say, yeah, definitely it's, the movies. This is, it's def Yeah. There's future past is one of the top, I would even say top three biggest X-Men stories ever. Yeah. So it kind of was like a where do they go from here? Because, like, I, it was such, like you guys said, it was such a cool payoff to have both generations come together. And to me, it was kind of like, now they have to top this. Like, how are they going to do that? And we'll see how they do it. And it doesn't work out well. I don't think. Uh, But, yeah, that's my thoughts on it. Mike, what did you think? Grade wise, A plus, A plus, per- perfect. One of the best superhero movies is ever made. I love time travel; it captured it very well. And I think everybody who worked on this movie really gave it their all to try to make it the best that they could possibly make it. And they really wanted to make up. For X Men Last Name. Because <laughs> that movie sucked. Can we also say, like, for those of us who were around and, like, going to the movies at that point, like, you gotta remember, friggin' 2014 might be the best year for comic book movies ever. We got this movie three weeks after the Captain America movie. <laughs> after Captain America with the Winter Soldier. Fuck yeah, we did. Didn't Guardians of the Galaxy come out that year, too? Yes, it did. Later that August, I believe it was. Wow. Ron, your letter grade? Um, I will give this movie... I'm like... I'm like leaning between an A and an A+. I'll just give it an A. But it's like right there for an A+. It's just, you know, a wonderfully made movie. When you can say that the movie is like, whether it's a comic book movie or not, it was a good movie... This is just like a good sci-fi time travel movie. And so, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Matt, what is your grade on this? A. 
That's it. Hey, okay. you, guys, you guys said everything that I already said. All right. <laughs> I had, we all agree. I had nothing to add to it. Like, we're all gushing about it. It's a great movie. So, go see it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't watch the next two. <laughs> two years later, on May 27, 2016, we got X Men. Apocalypse, directed by Brian Singer, produced by everybody else from the last one, <laughs> uh, based on X Men, also based on Apocalypse by Louise Simonson and, and Jackson Quis. I'm sorry, I butchered your name. Uh, the same cast and characters return from the last movie, except from the people from the original X Men trilogy. Uh, although this time we have Oscar Isaac portraying Even Soar as Apocalypse. Don't forget Olivia Munn. Oh, oh yeah, Olivia Munn played Psylocke. Oh, thank God! What are we gonna? What would this movie be without the fantastic acting of Olivia Munn? Hey man, she won an award for this movie. She won the Spike Guys Choice Award of John Claude Goddamn. I looked that up. Really? Is that? Is that seriously a thing? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, that is... Oh, mankind, what have we done? Wow. I, I wonder how prestigious... I wonder if that Jean-Claude goddamn award is, like, on her mantle. <laughs> Someone should tweet at her right now. <laughs> is that on your mantle? I need to know. <laughs> uh, we do get the... We get Nightcrawler. We get Angel. We get Storm. We get Psylocke in this movie. So we do get a, a good cast of characters that come in. Uh, we do see Cyclops. And we see Jean Grey in this movie. Played by Sophie Turner. Another Game of Thrones actor? Uh, yep. And Ty Sheridan plays Cyclops. The Alexandra ship is Storm. So we... <sighs> Where to begin? <laughs> um, this is in the 80s, I believe. Yes. Yep. We get... Um, so basically, Apocalypse just comes back and um, tries <laughs> to destroy the world. He looks like a really bad version of Ivan Ooze from the, the 1995 Power oh, Rangers movie. Ivan Ooze! Yes. <laughs> oh my god! You're so right! I thought that he looked like a dollar store version of Ronin from Guardians, but Ivan Ooze is so much better. Yes. Um, the X-Men team up with Magneto to fight Apocalypse. Genie foreshadows the Phoenix abilities a little bit. Um... Yeah. <laughs> Mike, why haven't you talked about the plot at all? I, to be honest with you, I don't even know if there is a plot. <laughs> I think it's just Apocalypse comes back, tries to recruit a horseman, four horsemen of the Apocalypse. So, right, here's Apocalypse's deal. Apocalypse is from ancient Egypt. He was technically the first mutant, right? So, uh, his name is En Sabanur. He ruled ancient Egypt, um, and his powers are... How would I? How would you explain? Limitless. Apocalypse's powers. He was the first mutant. 
right? He was. He can do um, self-molecular control. He has superhuman strength and all that jazz. What the fuck does that He's mean? Genius intellect, matter, matter manipulation, energy manipulation, universal manipulation, molecular manipulation, flight, immortality, invulnerability, shape-shifting, empathy, telekinesis, teleportation, telepathy, techno- technopathy, precognition, omnipotent, omnipresent, omnicious, omnilingualism. That's a thing. They're just making words yeah. up. Capacity to transfer consciousness to another being. Has the ability to absorb, manipulate, or steal the powers of other mutants and cosmic beings, augmenting the power of other mutants. And he's also house-trained. So, so Apocalypse <laughs> can do... If you're looking to adopt, like... <laughs> you should adopt. You shouldn't... <laughs> um, and he does pretty much none of that except <laughs> enhancing the powers of some of the mutants in this movie. But can he do your taxes? That's probably what I want. Not. I don't think he can read. Yeah. He probably can't ride a bike like Matt. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, he probably wouldn't be able to read English because he's from Egypt. But I, I don't think he can ride a bike either. Like you. They, well, no, they didn't invent bikes in Egypt. I he's omnipotent think. and omnipresent and omni-whatever. He can do whatever he wants. So... If he can do all of that, how did he get, how did he get entombed? Why didn't he just say, like, fuck you guys, and just, like, turn them into, like, different atoms? This just, this doesn't add up. Yeah, that, that whole molecular thing is kind of questionable. That's just like, okay, he's got enough. <laughs> he's, he's powerful enough. Um, yeah, so... I don't even think this is playable and limited. How? For all you people who play Magic the Gathering, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, I certainly don't. I know. <laughs> it is definitely not the worst one. That's X-Men Last Stand. It is visually an alright movie. If you want to just see things being blown up and tossed in the air this is your movie yeah uh, what do you what do you think about it somebody anybody um, please i guess i'll start and i'll start with an apology to the last film because we completely forgot to mention the quicksilver scene which is mm. like, like the best scene in that entire film and, I mean, he gets to do it again in this movie, but... Um, yeah, do you want to talk about Is a Future Past some more? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that whole, like, breaking Magneto out of the, the prison in Days of Future Past, that was a great scene. Anyway, in terms of Apocalypse, um, definitely... I'd say that this is more disappointing than The Last Stand, because the last two were just so great, and it... And, to me, it's like, oh, man, I guess um, – and the Wolverine came out, like, in between these. And it's like, oh, man, I guess, like, Fox kind of figured out the formula to, to like, the X-Men movies. And now they're going to be, like, consistently good and have, like, consistent quality. I guess, the, I guess they did it. And then you watch this movie, which I think came out after Deadpool, maybe? I, I, it either came out before or after Deadpool. It came out around the same time as Deadpool. And you're just like, wow! They just tried to stuff this thing with way too much move, like just way too much movie, because like the X Men movies are naturally just overstuffed because like it, it you you're covering a team of heroes, mm-hmm. but like Fox just has this bad 
it's it's not as bad as Sony, but they just have this bad idea of like let's just let's just throw more in there. Let's just throw more and more and oh, wouldn't it be cool if Storm was originally like uh, a horseman uh, for Horsemen of the Apocalypse? And it's just like uh, I don't know, just just stop for just one second and just think about the plot that you're like doing. Think about the movie that you're making. And I just don't feel like at any point they did that. And, you know, I, as much as I like crap on like I'm Olivia Munn, um, you know, I mean, she's a decent actress. Go Award. watch the newsroom. Award-winning. She's great in the newsroom. I was just, I was just about to say that. Go watch the newsroom. Um, what's it called? And obviously Oscar, I, Oscar Isaacs isn't like, you know, other things. And I think he's an Academy Award-winning actor. Oh, natural 20 Dameron. Yeah. Like, Everyone in this movie has been in good movies and like they are good actors and actresses, but the movie is just, I don't know. I think that they tried to do too much with it and maybe it's a case of they thought that this was going to be the last movie in the series, like what the last stand was. And then they probably had the idea of, oh man, now that we have like Sophie Turner, who's like super famous for game of thrones because the the show is still good at this point let's try to like do dark phoenix again and so maybe they like switch switch things up but uh yeah it just it, it just didn't work the, the story the character is not it, it just didn't work i have the perfect analogy for this are you guys ready yes okay so you know <laughs> you know when you're like out on a date and you had this really good meal and you're having a really good conversation and you're just like let's get dessert let's keep this night going you know like so you order like a nice like fudge brownie sundae and you split it and you're like and you eat it and it's really good but like you know you both are still a little bit hungry and you're just like yeah let's let's order like Let's order, like, some creme brulee. And I'm like, yeah, why not? We're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> and so you eat a creme brulee, and you're still you're still having a great conversation, and, like, you don't want the night to end. And so you're just like, oh, man, that was great. But, like, let's, you know what? Let's get another one. Let's get another <laughs> piece of – so let's get, a, let's get a banana split or something. And then by the time you, the banana split hits the table, you're full – your date's full like you're both kind of just like sluggish at this point you know it's getting towards the end of the night you kind of just and then you just you're eating it because you're like we already have right we're paying for it blah 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 blah. and by the end of it you're just starting to get sick that's x-men apocalypse thank you good night (laughs) um (laughs) my grade for this one is um, I hate minuses and I hate that we introduced them, but I want to give it a C minus, but it's really a D. It's a C minus because um, I'm gonna give it a C minus. Okay. I have a, I have, a, I have yeah. a, actually a, I have actually a funny story. Um, this goes back to Days of Future's Past. So I went opening day to Days of Future's Past with my friend, um, my friends, and um, the um, we we were in the theater and we saw the after credit scene where you saw Apocalypse, 
And then as I was walking out, these two guys were in front of me. And um, the one guy goes to his friend. He goes, yo, you know who that was? And the guy's like, no, I didn't. He goes, yo, that was Apocalypse. They don't know who they fucking with. <laughs> and I'm dying. I'm just like, and the guy's like, yo. And he, it, but just the way he said it, he goes, they don't know who they fucking with. And I was like, damn. I was like, that was hilarious. That's like Tracy Jordan level of <laughs> drama in 30 Rock. And it was just like, I was cracking up. My friend goes to me, he's just like, that was the funniest thing I've, I've heard. Just the guy, the expression on this guy's face, it was like literally Tracy Morgan in 30 Rock. And he just goes, they don't know who they fucking with. They're in the chicken nuggets. Oh, no. We start, we're on, we, we binged season one in like two days, and now we're on season two. It's so good. Oh, this yeah. is a ghetto mating call. <laughs> Mike. Um, Did you understand the reference I texted you the other day when I said I want to take you behind a middle school? Has that happened no. yet? Let's laugh it. We no, go to the yet. after yeah. after after party. <laughs> Mike, when you hear Tracy say the line, I want to take, take you behind, you behind a middle, middle school. Middle school. Damn it, Matt! Don't spoil it. When you when you hear that, I want you to text me. Day okay. or night, whatever, whenever. I don't care. What season is it? It's I thought like it was season three. Oh, I oh, thought right. it was season one. Maybe it's season two or three. No, it's yeah. a little bit later. Okay. Um, but back to Apocalypse. Um, <laughs> I give it a C minus just because <sighs> being nice. It's on a curve. It was great on a curve. <laughs> Gonna go with that. A curve for those of you who don't know, we've explained this before, is what they do in college in the United States to make people not fail. <laughs> because we're stupid here. Past 5 p.m. UNC's 11. get degrees. Sorry. Ronald? Um, it's always tough for me to sit. I'll give it a D. I just remember just sitting in the movie theater prepared to see a great movie and kind of accidentally spoiling myself because I like looked at the Rotten Tomato score and like the... Um, like the critic reviews for this before I went to the theater, I was like, it can't be that bad. And as I was like sitting in the theater and like the scenes with apocalypse were just so awkward. I was just like, Oh God. So yeah, this movie gets a D it's just D for disappointment. Aww. Mostly because it's just, you know, coming off the last two films, I was like, there's no way that they can mess this up. And man, Oh man, was I wrong. <laughs> Uh, I also give it a D. It it's the banana split of X Men. Um, yeah, it just it didn't do anything for me. I I mean, watching that, watching X Men: The Last Stand, and just being like, wow, I'm entertained. Just I didn't see it coming. I didn't get any of it. Oh, it's better than X Men: Last Stand. Don't don't kid yourself. So you know how we were talking about how 2014 had some pretty dope, or uh, yeah, we 2014 had some pretty dope superhero movies. Do you want to know the 2016 movies? Sure. Deadpool. What is that? A... Deadpool, oh. X-Men Apocalypse, Suicide Squad, and Batman vs. Superman. So, oh, it, so. so it was No Marvel? Nope, no Marvel, because it was after no. Age of Ultron. Civil War? 
No, Civil War came out in 2016. So did Doctor Strange, I think. Well, IMDb is lying to me then. Yeah, I'm pretty. I know that Civil War came out in 2016, and I think Doctor Strange came out in that year as well. Well, I mean, no, with not gonna lie though, relative no, company ahead, though. <laughs> not not gonna lie, um, Suicide Squad. I think it's a lot more shit than it deserves. Real talk. You know how um, you know how like X Men does a lot of characters really well. Suicide Squad did not do that. <laughs> um, Harley Quinn. I mean, Will Smith and Margot Robbie did great. Yes, there was like fifty uh, other people. Birds, Birds of Prey was far better than Suicide Squad. Birds of Prey was very good. Yes. And if you go watch that before you watch Age of Apocalypse, I have not seen it. Birds yet. Birds of Prey. Somebody, I'll take your Birds word of Prey for it. was. Birds of Prey was good. It wasn't like a you're not you're not getting like Captain America Winter Soldier here, but you're getting a very good, very entertaining movie out of Birds of Prey. It's quite surprised, especially when you go in with low expectations. It's like, oh man, this is actually really good, and it's a really good uh, interpretation of Harley Quinn. But we're not talking about that today. We are talking about X Men, and now we're going on a Dark Phoenix. Oh, I was. No. What, you gave your grade, right? Yeah, I was just going to retort about Suicide Squad, but we can we can save that for a later date. That'll be for our DC one. Um, on June 7th, 2019, the world was given X-Men. Not even X-Men, just given Dark Phoenix. There's no X-Men in the title. It's just Dark Phoenix. Uh, but they released on home media as X-Men Dark Phoenix. Like, people didn't know. <laughs> that it was X-Men. Like, you had to put it in there on the DVD. Simon Kinberg made his directorial debut. Produced by same people. Based on X-Men by Stanley Jack Kirby. And the Dark Phoenix Saba... Saba? Dark Phoenix Saga by Chris Claremont and John Byrne. So, Chris Claremont and John Byrne wrote Days of Futures Past. And they wrote the Dark Phoenix Saga. Which are two of... Some of the best X-Men stories ever written. Some of the most iconic X-Men stories ever written. Some of the most iconic comic book stories ever written. Um, for their, for you to go from Days of Future's Past, which is probably the best X-Men movie, I think, to the Dark Phoenix Saga. Again, I don't like the character of the Phoenix, but what we got was a travesty, to say the least. It's still better than The Last Stand but by a small margin. This movie takes place in the 90s. Um, Essentially, we get get aliens (laughs) come down, and you get the the Phoenix Force takes over Jean Grey. Um, She goes on a destroying spree trying to do whatever with the aliens and Scott being the asshole that he is is just like we gotta go save Gene guys because I need I need to get laid we gotta save my girl care about is, we gotta save the woman that we, I love guys god I'm such all a all I care asshole. about is myself god because because this is this is dumb <laughs> and I'm Scott and I lead the X-Men and nobody likes me 
The Wolverine is better looking than me, and he has abs. And so do I, but he's got hair on his chest, and I don't. Abs. <laughs> I I, um, I have to ask. I'm assuming that Wolverine is not in this movie. No. Okay. He's not. Oh yes, this is a good story time moment because Rod and I have not watched this movie. So, Mike, tell us the story about the Dark Please. Phoenix. Do you really want me to? Yeah. Yeah. We'll base our letter grade off of how you present the story. <laughs> I think that's fair, right, Rod? I would call that fair. Yes. It would totally mess up like our averages of like people who are t- keeping stats of her of her but yes continue so okay the movie starts off where a young jean gray is killed uh is involved in a car accident where her parents die and you see charles xavier take her in to teach her so fast forward to 1992 there's a distress signal from the space shuttle um, it's critically damaged by the Phoenix Force in space. Um, the the X Men go and save the astronauts, and Jean is about to sacrifice herself, but she gets hit with the Phoenix Force and absorbs it. Um, her psychic powers are greatly amplified, and her emotional state just starts to deteriorate. Um, they get some conflict between Mystique and Xavier. They're back, they're friends again. Um, the more emotionally distraught Jean becomes, she, her powers continue to get more difficult to control. Um, and then she like starts accidentally unleashing her powers on people and other mutants. Um, Xavier Kind of tells everybody that he put mental blocks in Jean's head when she was a little girl. um, Because she had childhood trauma. Uh, Mystique is like appalled by this. And that she's like, we should have protected people from you. Not you protecting them from the world. She's not Um, wrong. The mental mental blocks in in Jean's head are destroyed. Her powers get greatly enhanced. Her Her trauma from childhood returns. And she just doesn't have nothing full of, like, rage. Um, she goes back to her hometown and sees her father, who actually survived the car crash. Um, she recovers the memory from the accident and realizes that it's her fault and she caused the accident. And that's why her mother died. Her father blames her. And she kind of has a, uh, like, a mental breakdown. Um... The X-Men come, uh, they try to stop her, she has a, uh, she like lashes out on the X-Men, and she ends up killing Mystique. Oh damn. Yeah. Spoilers. Uh, Beast is straught, distraught, um, over Mystique's death. I mean, they, they don't, not spoilers, they gave it away in the trailer. Um, they... Jean goes to Magneto's island of Genosha, where it's like a mutant refuge. Um, basically, it's just like uh, it's like a it's like a place in the jungle where people make like makeshift homes and stuff, and the mutants just kind of live and self-sustain. Um, the, the U.S. government shows up, demands Jean surrender. She engages the military forces, but Magneto saves them, oddly. Um, 
she Jean runs away and meets the alien. Uh, the aliens are the Dabari, who just assume human form. Um, the, basically, the Dabari are trying to uh, lie to Jean and say that um, they want to consume the Phoenix power, and they just kind of feed Jean bullshit about it. So, um, now Beast blames Xavier for Mystique's death because he's in love with her. Um, he goes and tries to find Magneto and he wants to kill Jean. Um, the X-Men go to New York to try to save Jean. They fight Magneto and Beast. Um, the, there's like a, for the fight ensues, basically Xavier tries to like mental fight Jean and loses um, the, the gene offer, lets the aliens try to take the force from her, but if she does so, it'll kill her, um, and the aliens want to use the Phoenix Force to resurrect their dead race to pretty much conquer the Earth. Um, Scott Summers tries to be the savior that he is, and prevents the aliens from absorbing her, the government gets in the way. And does the government stuff. Still not acknowledging the fact that aliens exist. And <laughs> they end up on a train. For nobody knows why. The um, the aliens overpower the soldiers. The, the mutants are on the train trying to get to the aliens. And Gene. Um, Xavier's like, Gene's good inside. She's not bad. Don't kill her. So it's a race between who can get to her first. Uh, Jean forgives Xavier for his mistakes and um, realizes that like he's a father figure to her. Um, Jean saves the mutants from the aliens. They The aliens fight her. Uh, she unleashes the power of the phoenix, kills the aliens, and... Um, then the strain of all that causes her to disappear in a burst of energy in the form of a phoenix. Um, at the end of the movie, the school is named the Jean Grey School for Gifted Youngers, Youngsters. McCoy becomes the new dean. Xavier retires. Um, Xavier moves to Paris. And he is meted, He's at a cafe with Magneto. Um... And they try to play chess. Or they offer to play chess. And then the phoenix appears in the sky again. And that's the end of the movie. Seriously? Yep. Wow. How fun. <laughs> Trains! Um, I'm just going to go right to the grade. I'm giving it an F+. Plus. It's... A smidgen better than Last Stand, but it's still better than Last Stand. Simply because Sophie Turner, actually Sophie Turner's performance as Jean and the Phoenix, was night and day compared to her performance in the Apocalypse. She was wonderful in this. All the the only positive praise that this movie got was her performance. She did very very well. And it really showed that she's capable of being a uh, an actress, a uh, very good actress. So that's one positive thing about it. So 
That's why it gets an F+. Plus. Your plot summary gets an A-plus from me. Yeah. But the, the, but I the would plot, watch that movie. <laughs> but the, the plot summary of the actual movie is like... I don't know. I don't know why the same guy who screwed up Phoenix the first time thought that he could... He's the one to, like, make it right the second. I don't know. The, um... The aliens kind of look like the aliens from Signs. Oh, God. Yeah. I heard, and again, I, I haven't watched the movie. I can't confirm this. But I heard that um, Jessica Chastain, who plays, like, the lead alien villain, they don't actually say her name, nor do they actually ever specifically say the race of alien that she is because in the middle of filming they didn't realize it but they didn't have the rights to the race of the alien that they wanted to feature because marvel studios had it so they had to like post-production edit it out and stuff oh was it the scrolls i think it might have been that's embarrassing Uh, i thought it was the scrolls it's awful i mean The beginning of that sounded really good. Like, and then it just went really downhill. Trains. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I'm kind of glad that I missed it. I'm not going to lie. I The only reason why I didn't watch it is because I have a friend who, like, he, he likes to go to see all the movies, like, opening weekend. And normally, like, he will be like yeah it was okay like but this one he was like this one was really bad don't don't see it and i was like okay <laughs> so that and now i don't really plan on watching it yeah it's not it's not playable i didn't watch it because i knew like at that time i think disney had already bought like had purchased fox and I think that they weren't like they weren't giving it their all anymore into that because Disney is like, yeah, we're rebooting the franchise. This doesn't matter anymore. So I was just like, I'm not going to waste my money or my time on this. When Comic-Con Mike doesn't even like a movie, you know it's bad. Hi, Comic-Con Mike. Hello. Hi, Comic-Con Mike's a legend, folks. And Comic-Con Mike is more entertaining than Dark Phoenix. So, let us know your thoughts at PopCultureFed on Twitter or at Pop underscore Culture underscore Fed on Instagram. I'm not even going to put up a poll because there's a future pass going to win. So, <laughs> it's not even worth it. Uh, 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 au revoir, Moma. I said that right, right? Ron, you're French. Hi, I'm French. Yeah, did I say that right? (laughs) (laughs) We.